Forgotten Flicks, episode 50 of Unknown Origin, 1983. Watch and weep, you furry fuck. What? What? Hello and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. I am Joel and joined as always by that furry effer himself, Jason. <laughs> hey, you never said anything about rubber gloves, you boneheaded fart. <laughs> That's right. Tonight will be of, un- of unknown origin theater, of which, <laughs> thanks to IMDb, there are four quotes. Thanks, IMDb. Uh, you, never, you never fail us, my friend. You never <laughs> fail us. Yeah, so tonight we are talking about that great, um, hold on, quote fingers, great killer rat <laughs> movie of unknown origin. And as you could tell already into the second episode of 2012, we're going to go a little more, I guess you could say, obscure. Um, although I don't know if of unknown origin is obscure as much as it's probably that most people have forgotten about it. And. Some might well, argue rightfully oh, so. Would you say we are going a little more forgotten? Um, I think that would be appropriate because I'm kind of tired of the snarky, oh, gee. Do- oh, really? Die Hard guys? Oh, Gremlins? Robo- Robo- Gremlins wasn't forgotten. Robocop? Oh, yeah. I don't even remember that movie. Well, you know what? You know what, smartass? Yeah, you might have not forgotten it, but this isn't just for those that saw it when it came out. Nay, it is for that 20. 20- well, oh, sorry, Shannon, no offense. That 14-year-old out there that's standing around his local mom-and-pop video store. Oh, wait, it's 2012 now. That doesn't yeah. happen. Surfing through Netflix yeah, yeah, and saying, sets. what should I watch? What is of unknown origin? You know what doesn't and... happen anymore now, Jason, because no video stores? Because I, I worked at a, a certain one that, let's just say we're many nameless, but it rhymes with lackluster. It busted blocks, would you say, it, maybe? I would say it busted ball, yes, blocks, <laughs> yes. yes. But the lackluster that I worked at, I remember mm-hmm. it was a running joke that everyone would come in, especially on a Friday or Saturday eve, to get their weekend entertainment on, and they'd always stay at the um, outer uh, perimeter, let's say, of the store, the new release section, as it were. Nobody went in the middle. It was seldom, yes. That was the, that was the section that required <laughs> the most dusting, the middle. Which Nobody me. went to see Excalibur. <laughs> yes, or even, you know, the gun in uh, Betty Lou's handbag. Or, you know, something <laughs> like that. Or, uh, I don't yes. know. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So they stayed out where they had 50 copies of the same movie, whatever was brand new. Yes, and- yes, yes. Because you know what? People, people are afraid to, uh, to venture into the middle. They're they're afraid to kind of go into that little that that dark void that is known as the old releases. Yeah, yeah. So that this this podcast is for they. It is for they. It is for um, though or thou as well. It is <laughs> it is for um, them and yonder and hither. It's really for everyone, Jason. <laughs> I think it's for everyone: the young, the old alike, the the yeah. the furry effers in us all. 
It really is. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so now before so, so I completely... little deep. Yeah, you yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm, sure. But but let me let me couch it with this. Okay. We are balancing it out. Yes. So you and I have put a lot of thought oh, and a lot of time into I wouldn't into... go that far. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we don't have a lot of thought. Um we actually spent a lot of time staring at a uh, uh, a list. Oh, um, oh, thank God you're talking about the list. I thought you were going to mention that other thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it no. will heal. It will heal. I told you I'm not going to tell anybody about that. Okay. <clears throat> yes. So we actually put a lot of thought into 2012's show list yes. and the movies that we're going to play. So yes. we've got a nice rhythm of different by a lot of uh, By a lot of thought, just let me make sure I'm clarifying here. By a lot of thought, you meant so much thought that I will change it still at the 11th hour if need be. <laughs> but yes, in theory, a lot of thought. Yes, a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, we rotate genres. We're also going to try and bounce back and forth between the absolutely what the hell was that movie? Oh, yeah. To something a little more well-known, like we've got coming up in The Last Dragon. So we, we actually have a nice little rhythm going of next year, and, and uh, we'll see how that plays out. But we are trying to go a little more towards the mind warp uh, angle, and then we are the gremlins. Some people so. might find that to be a threat of sorts, or a, uh, <laughs> a turn, a, a, even though Bruce Campbell is in that, they might even find that to be a bit of a turnoff. But let me say, some of them will be worth your while. And, of course, the goal really, I think, this year is to also maybe encourage folks because we're trying to, if you go to the blog and go ahead and just subscribe to the RSS or just check it every Monday, whatever you want to do, uh, Mm -hmm. you can find that we will be notifying you a good week out before we record what movie we're going to be covering. So you you can watch it in time and call in if you've never seen it. If you're not prone to calling in, then you could just go ahead and... Uh, you have two weeks, let's say, to watch it, and that way when you listen to the show, we won't be spoiling the crap out of it, which we will, in fact, be spoiling the crap out of it. We just wouldn't be for you because you will have seen it. Well, and we're trying to pick things that are available on many of the yes. most popular websites or movie There's services. There's a few so. that aren't, and in fact, that's one of the reasons why this month we had to change a couple because yeah. one of them in particular wasn't, and it was a little frustrating. <laughs> but we, well, it was available we instant. Find it. Well, if you don't have Netflix, if you're, you know... You know, not that we're saying everything is USA related, but in this case, I guess we predominantly you go with net. Yeah, you know, we go with Netflix. So, <laughs> but the, what even this one was instant play, and <sighs> good old Netflix pulled its crap where it's like, oh wait, it's not instant play anymore. It's DVD. Oh, oh no, you can't even. You could save it for saving <laughs> what? I don't know. There's nothing there. What am I saving? So, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so, Jason, before we go too much deeper into the poo into the uh, quagmire, into the rice patty pudding that I'm laying out. <laughs> I did want to mention, because I completely forgot this from last week with 3 O'Clock High, it was written, one of the screenwriters on it was Richard Christian Matheson. No, I'm sorry. Christian Matheson. Richard Matheson's son. Yeah, there it is. <clears throat> okay. I can get it. I don't have it up on IMDb. So. And Richard Matheson is one of my all-time favorite authors. He wrote the book version of I Am Legend, uh, the one that Stir of Echoes was based on, What Dreams May Come was based on, What Somewhere in Time... Um, so he was a prolific, uh, like television, you know, write, screenwriter and, and tele, telewriter, I guess you'd say telewriter, teleplay writer. And yeah, sure. he wrote some of the best episodes of twilight zone. Um, the nightmare at 20,000 feet with William Shatner in the John Lithgow ro- uh, role, because that's what they ended up doing in the movie. Yep. Um, so he was known for that kind of stuff. And, uh, anyway, his son was one of the writers of three o'clock high, which also might help mm-hmm. to explain it's kind of weird, dark. Yeah, kind of twisted angle. Yeah. Yeah. So I completely forgot to mention that last week, and by God, I wanted to mention it. (laughs) And you hung on to it. 
Son of a gun, you weren't going to let it go. That's right. <clears throat> That's all right. That's good. <laughs> um, I also have an extra mention I want to make, but this is more timely. Okay. Um, t- the day we're recording today, which is the 3rd of January. I know this episode doesn't come out for a week. Um, but today, a, a film legend passed. And I wanted to mention this because it's relevant, I think, to us being kind of the movie nerds that we are um, beyond just major celebrities. Bob Anderson passed away today. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he is the man who actually wielded Darth Vader's sword in the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, dude, I didn't even know that. He is a – well, he's a sword legend. He is a fencing legend. He taught Errol oh, Flynn. Oh, so many places I could – okay, go ahead. <laughs> He taught Errol Flynn. Uh, he also was the sword master in the Lord of the Rings. He was the sword master in um, and taught all of the folks who sword fought in Pirates of the Caribbean. Pretty much any major film that featured sword fighting, he was the master of the world. And he was actually – he led Britain's um, fencing team in the 1952 Olympics. He was the coach for several Olympics after that. Um, he was actually a huge legend and got no credit in Star Wars for actually being – uh, the one who played the sword-wielding Darth Vader's hmm. in any of the scenes. He, he's the one who cut off Luke's hand and did all the sword fighting with Obi-Wan, uh, Sir Alec Guinness. Just to make sure we're clear, because I, the, the feedback slash uh, backlash that will happen, you do know that Luke got his hand cut off in Empire, not Star Wars, right? In the original trilogy. Okay. The original well, just, Star just, Wars just, saying, just make sure you lay that out. Because the prequels are not Star Wars. I don't know what the hell they are, but they're not Star Wars. Oh, God so let's bless just you. Okay, that. you just made my day. <laughs> Thank you. And by the way, I was uh, right the first time. It is Richard Christian Matheson. And interesting side note uh, to add to yours, Errol Flynn himself was a uh, apparently a, a, a renowned swordsman, at least according to Marilyn Monroe and others. Really? Because Marilyn Monroe is a fencing expert. I trust her. I'm not talking about that kind of sword. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah. Wait, sword swallower? What? <clears throat> I wasn't. Even, wow, really, Jay? I wasn't even <laughs> going to go there. <laughs> so I just wanted but to yes. ask um, Bob Anderson, rest in peace. Uh, um, fantastic impact on film in general over many, many decades, and uh, um, not much credit. So I at least wanted to kind of throw that out there and give him <clears throat> uh, good not, props. Are you going to cry? You sound like you're about to cry. <clears throat> no, I'm good. Don't Let's cry go. for Bob. <laughs> Bob Bob is in a better place now. It's okay, Bob. He's fencing with Jesus now. Yeah, he's fencing. <laughs> he's fencing. He's fencing with the Lord. It's he's okay. sword fighting with the Lord. He's sword fly, fighting with Errol Flynn. And the Lord's saying, pull your pants up. Why am I turning Irish? Pull your pants up. All right. <clears throat> but yeah, so it was Richard Christian Matheson, just in case. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't want and that Bobby backlash Anderson. either. I don't want the Richard Christian Matheson fan club calling me up and be like, eh, why? Yeah, because then we might get one phone call. So, Whoa, <laughs> why the hatred? <sighs> Just because. Okay, so Jason, would you like to um, go into a little uh, of unknown origin, perhaps, since that's the movie we're talking about here? Yes, I would love to talk about of unknown origin. <laughs> okay, here's the trailer. <laughs> It haunts our cities. It's here. In this house. Now. It wants them. And before they knew it was happening, it had already begun. 
Who's that? House sounds. Jumping at shadows. Flinching at noises. Wondering what's real. All of it is real. Everything is going to be okay. If it doesn't scare you to death, it will find another way. Of unknown origin. <laughs> scary they, they, they held that last <laughs> note for a while they didn't they <laughs> that was a brown note okay, yeah. hey, can i make a point good god was that trailer misleading so now let's hit jv's spoiler alert hey, hey, hey before you go on why don't you just say that there's spoilers ahead huh all right okay good and obviously jv has not seen this movie <laughs> Arg, beware there will be spoilers ahead yeah Arg. And, and big hairy rats yeah yeah that sound like cats <laughs> being strangled and and and, and butt rape <laughs> yeah is that a rat is that rat humping a cat in my attic again? <laughs> he drives around all over the town. Sing it with me. Toots is the driving cat. cat. <laughs> Toots is the cat who could drive a car. <sighs> if only this movie was that good. <sighs> whoa, whoa. You don't know how I feel. You don't know. <laughs> So, Jason, you want to kind of hit us with the synopsis and please give us the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a pretty obscure movie. For the, so for those of you who haven't seen it, um, it's the, the story of Bart, who is the main character, played by Peter Weller. Um, he's a pretty well-to-do uh, executive, like a junior executive in some kind of banking or big-time New York City office firm type of place. Uh, who is trying to climb his way to the top. And he gets a big assignment that he has only two weeks to complete. His wife and mentally challenged son, would you say? <laughs> only, um, only when he puts the rat poison in his cereal. <laughs> um, they go off to vacation with her dad, uh, who apparently is very well-to-do. But Bart has kind of a bug up his butt about that because he doesn't like the fact that that his wife's dad is super rich and can basically pay their way. So he wants to earn his keep uh, by making senior vice president. Well, as luck would have it, while he's trying to, <laughs> while he's trying to uh, complete this project for the boss at work and make his way up that ladder, something is in his walls. And it turns out it's this rat. And not just any it rat. It turns out it's Shannon Tweed's bra. <laughs> it's Shannon Tweed's rat. <laughs> See, rack? Oh, no, rat. Uh, rat. Rat. Yeah. Okay, you have to enunciate. Um, <laughs> and uh, so she, uh, the, the rat basically, um, it starts becoming an obsession of his because it's chewing up his possessions and it's getting into all of his stuff. And this 
guy that lives in the building next to him is trying to help him um, to get rid of the rat, but the rat becomes a literal nightmare for him and an obsession. Uh, so he kind of spirals down into this well of darkness trying to get rid of this rat. Okay, excellent. Is that good? Ex- excellent. Perfect. <laughs> now, let me just let me just set this up with this was one of those movies when when I was in high school. Unlike Jason, I wasn't out of high school in 1983 by the time this came out of the theater. So, it came out a little before I could have seen it. However, when I was in high school and I was going through my, you know, while everybody else was out partying, I had to be the only guy on the high school football team who would spend his Saturday nights renting five movies from like the Specs down the street and just do Oh, like I thought you were going to say alone in a dark theater. No, Jason. Sitting in the front row. I wasn't talking about you and Paul Rubens, was I? No. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> so, yeah, no, no. Oh, the one thing I did love in this movie was how uh, Bart kept saying, eat my shorts, man, and cowabunga. <laughs> and then he would go, do the Bart man, do the Bart man. Everybody's back, flip a side to side. Yeah, um, oh, no. God, really? I've forgotten all about that song. <laughs> and now it will be in your head. <laughs> Forever, uh, or, or, uh, I should have totally downloaded that at the end of the episode, but I didn't. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, because you know, there's no such thing as post-production. I can't go back and add it now. No, you can't. Too late. Not now. Too late. It's live. It's live. So you saw this in the theaters? No, really? I did not see this in the theaters. For Christ's sake, I would have been eight, seven or eight years old. No, I did not. I rented it though. This is one of my. <laughs> this was. Thanks for rubbing some salt in that wound. Yes, no. <laughs> I would. I rented this film though, and I remember liking it. Mm-hmm. I will tell you now. I have no earthly idea why, except for this: it is a cool ass idea. Like the way you explained the synopsis, and hell, the way the trailer even sounded. It's a cool freaking <laughs> idea. And if ever a movie epitomized the concept of why do they keep remaking all the good ones when they could find an old, you know, a movie that was crappily done but had a good concept and remake it. This yeah. would be that movie. Yeah. Big time. Other than Shannon Tweed, fresh off of her I'm Playboy Playmate of the Year tour. And. Oh, and. Whoa. Let us not forget the best part of this entire movie. Oh, the opening scene? Opening credits. Dear God. They didn't, they didn't even have. You know, you, you, know, you, know what, you know what it made me think of? It was like, all right, guys, we've only got it for a week. We got to. <laughs> We got to start this movie off with a bang, and we got to get the most for our buck immediately. So, yeah, Richard, I was going to start the show off with imagine, if you will, a man packing luggage, and in the foreground, legs showering, hairy, hairy legs, the hairiest legs you've ever seen. They are the legs of Jason Grooms. The man packing luggage is Joel Robertson. What happens thereafter? You will never oh. forget of unknown <sighs> orgat. What? No. Whoa. Wrong. Wrong. Hey. Whoa. No. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, seriously. I kind of imagined it more like, I kind of imagined it more like they said, all right, listen, guys, this movie kind of sucks. Dude. Let's start dude, it out. You got Shannon Tweet's boobs. She will Let's totally show her boobs. Boob scene. Seriously. And then no one's going to leave the theater. Seriously. Because you're going to be like, like oh, she's going to. There's going to be more of that. Yeah, because it's only like from the side. I mean, you don't really get a good shot. She was in Playboy. They're totally going to show her. Oh, wait, no, we're going to send her out of the house after like the first five minutes. God. So that any real any sense of like um, suspense or danger for his family is completely eliminated from the movie. 
And one other thing, Jason, you know, I normally am a big, big fan, even though I know you're not the biggest fan of it. I'm a big fan of watching director commentary behind the scenes kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 I started the director commentary on this. Really? Yeah. It was George P. Cosmatos and yes. Peter Weller. Who has some great credits, by the way. Yes. I mean, one of my favorite uh, uh, Westerns in Tombstone. Um, he also oh, did... You don't like it? Yeah, it's all right. I just can't stand that like twenty minute love scene that reminds me of the scene with Anakin and Padme and Attack oh, of the Clones. Yeah, like, I could do God. without that. Yeah. Well but <sighs> still it's it's one of my favorite westerns. Um especially Val Kilmer's Park Link Doc Holiday. You know? Yeah, he's but good. he also uh, um did Cobra, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, that's right, yeah. Hello. And then of course his most famous Stallone was uh Rambo. Rambo. Yeah. The second First one, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, he did Shadow Conspiracy with Linda Hamilton. Mmm. Not so much. He did Leviathan, though. We've covered that already. Oh, yeah, but... we did. Yeah, I forgot he did that. And with Peter Weller. Yes, he did. Look at him. So, so the commentary, not as insightful. Yeah, well, here's the help. thing. Peter Weller, and I almost like, you always wonder, like, if they, and I realize it probably had to do with, like, time and getting, and actually, I think Cosmatos has passed away, right? Didn't he pass yes, away several yeah. years ago? In 2005. Yeah, so... They were in separate locations. You could totally, and you know, they were not responding to each other. I mean, either that or oh, man. so they weren't sitting together no, in a theater. No, 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 no. They just kind of cut them together. So gotcha. it was very dry to start with. But when Cosmatos starts the whole thing about, you see, you have to understand, this movie is about one man <laughs> who is trapped in his life, and this is about the unraveling of an obsession. I'm like, oh, you pretentious <laughs> ass. It's a killer rat movie. Embrace it. Love it. You know, touch him, love him, love my monkey. And, and, and love my rat. The, yeah, my big furry rat. My big furry rat. Well, yes, touch him, stroke his tail. <laughs> and quit this crap about, it's, it's a theme. Uh, of one man's obsession. Yeah, one man's <sighs> obsession with the fact that Shannon Tweed left his ass to go prancing around in, some, in a rich daddy's pool half okay. naked and he can't listen. even see her in the cutaways like we can booyah <laughs> all right listen yeah since we're already going down this path yeah, let's go down it <laughs> let me open this book all right so i've never seen this movie oh, God. um i had heard the the title before i uh and was a fan of peter weller especially in robocop we talked about this but i'd never seen it so i sat down with a completely blank slate you and i talked nothing about this let's be honest I, jason let's be honest you pretty much are a blank slate i, I am yeah. You know, most mm -hmm. days I try and be. Um, so I watched this, and I knew it was about, you know, something to do with supernatural, rat, you know, monster, kind of scary. Uh, and this uh, – I like Peter Weller. This movie sucked rat tail. Dude, um, <laughs> you know, here's the problem, and I love Peter Weller too. He's awful in this. He's bad. Dude, talk about He's being missed. Oh, this was his first – according to the what I could get through on the commentary – this is his first starring feature role. So yes. this is the first time he had like his name and the, you know, the beginning of the credits kind of thing. And I just felt like he was woefully miscast. Like he, honestly, here, here's, let me just get this out of the way right now. Hold on. <coughs> had to cough. <laughs> let me get this out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think here's the, here's the problem. Had this movie had more of a sense of humor about itself. Number one, I'm not talking it had to be corny campy. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, it didn't even have to be as zany as, like, an arachnophobia, but that was the first movie that came to mind as, okay, oh, but at least, at least if it had been yeah. like that, it would have yeah. been entertaining, and it would have felt, no. uh, I don't know, it would have felt, like, more right, the beats would have been hit correctly. This movie, it's it's sort of like it starts off as, 
you know, you, you know, like you said, you know, his wife goes away. OK, so what's going on here? OK, so we got this guy completely alone. And you could have done it as this sort of odd, like Kafka-esque, you know, man's, you know, deterioration into madness, just slipping, you know, and it could have been like, is it real? Is it not real? That kind of thing. OK, I'm on board. That would have been awesome. That's not what this was. No, okay. because they they you didn't know what this movie was because at one point they sort of were going down that road like this was just all in his mind he was under tremendous pressure at work well, it was, was until crack. we saw the rat's point of view and then you're like oh wait it can't be in his mind because we're seeing the rat's point of view well and not only that then they try and show like okay at the beginning it's almost like okay the rat's little it's just a little rat but then they try and show like okay the rat's gigantic but no wait the rat's about the size of a kitten it's not even a, like seriously the big thing that came to mind was this is uh new york city and it's a new york city rat yeah and the guy even the people that they cast as kind of his uh advisors in this you know like the uh the the super yes, next yes, door that yeah. helped him out he's kind of a jersey guy yeah you know it's almost like Okay, aren't they going to be used to rats like this? This is not something like a dog-sized rat. Well, this and, is and a- here's the thing: they did kind of give you a little bit of a setup with the whole back, real brief backstory. That same guy tells him the story about the nuclear testing with rats, and the only thing that survived were rats. Of course, I thought it was always roaches were the only things that survived. You know, it is. nuclear testing, but yeah. you know. <sighs> And even the part where, okay, so at one part, Peter Weller is in the boardroom, and this is after he's started to realize there's a rat in the house, and he starts doing all this research because the super, this half-idiot guy that lives next door with these Coke bottle glasses tells him, that rat thinks about you 24 hours a day, but you only think about him, what, an hour? So Peter Weller takes that as a challenge. I'm going to study all about rats. So in the board meeting the next day at work, what does Peter Weller do? He starts going on this diatribe. No, no, what, no. That wasn't at the board meeting, was it? It was a dinner. Wasn't it like a dinner? It was a dinner. That's right. Yeah, but it that was makes it even worse. Yeah, it was his boss. He was even worse. It's like a freaking dinner. He's talking about <laughs> rats doing horrible things. It's it like, right. It was like at his boss's house, who's the like yes, senior yeah, executive president, yes. or whatever. Yeah, he starts going into you know rats can have been known to eat their own young, and there, and he starts going off on this entire diatribe about the history of rats. And I kept thinking. Is this supposed to be a setup to make it scarier? Because it really just sounds kind of dumb. And Unless they were Here's the problem, dude. Yes, exactly. See, the difference is with arachnophobia, it still was scary, even if you're not arachnophobic, because of the way the the well, it was they, suspenseful. They actually knew how to friggin' tell a basic look. If you're gonna tell a genre story like this. In this way, see, here's the, here's the real problem. They wanted it both ways. They wanted yes. it to be this kind of more cerebral. Uh, you know, study a character sketch of this man descent into madness with the rat being a metaphor, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Be that. But you can't have it both ways. You can't no. yeah, prove positive because then your movie sucks. Be feature. This can't be a creature feature and that. Well, because if because you try, because you're, you're just going to fall flat on both. That's what happens. Right. Well, because they set this up. And, and here's the reason I thought they should have went that direction. Um, first of all, the only creature effects they did in this were... Close-ups of a real rat. Well, yeah, but wait, wait, wait. Dude, close-ups with some kind of kaleidoscope effect, I guess, that was supposed to make it look even scarier. I'm looking at a rat through fly eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a magnifying glass or a giant rat head? (laughs) Yeah, how many close-ups of a rat foot? Can the movie have? Because I will say that, but wait, wait, wait. That opening moment where you saw it squirt across, it was like from underneath and the pad of its foot, it almost didn't look 
it almost looked like there was something mutated about it. So especially when you hear the whole story about the nuclear bomb site rat, you're thinking, oh, okay, it's one of those yeah, rats. Or just so, that, that was allegorical. That wasn't even about like where he lived. That was just no, oh, but that would have at least made sense. Yes, it would have, but they didn't build it up like that. And the reason, and they, I think, <sighs> I got to take a breath here. <laughs> Unleash the they, hounds of hell. <clears throat> This may have been a case in which. Yes. Sirs. Oh, dude. Uh, hey, hey. All this kind of th- Yo, Jay. Skype, Yo. Skype pooped out, so just repeat that last line. Okay. So this may have been a case where the director had one vision and, you know, who, who knows else? The producers, the investors, uh, whatever, said, you know what would be good is if we made this rat scary. <laughs> because the thing that the director did, or he could, he could have done it all, but the things that I thought were good leading towards the realm of him just being crazy and this was just being an obsession was uh, they had the, uh, the old man in the sea was playing on TV. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, he uh, at one point heard scurrying in the ceiling and yeah, he he's, banged yep. on the ceiling with um, Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Yep. Yeah, copy a book, copy of Moby Dick. Um, so they made it out to be like this was going to be a man – being obsessed with something and that basically taking over his life. Yeah. But they started to dip into that whole creature feature thing a couple of times, and then that's where it led to in the end where he's just a baseball bat with nails and pieces of a trap, and he's just hacking away at anything he can get. And <laughs> well, see, I think here's the real problem, too, is that there are several different angles you could have taken it from to make it work better. Like if you're going to go – because it was obviously we're trying to make it – a suspenseful scary movie that was certainly how they marketed it and i think this movie would have worked really well as like a tales from the dark side episode like a 20 minute yeah, long tales from the dark and that's if you watch the trailer that's what it reminds me of yeah and i think it would have worked like that but as an yeah. hour and a half actually it was almost two hours right wasn't it almost two yeah hours it was mm, <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think it was close to two hours Hour yeah. 40 something like that so yeah, yeah you know and when you get into those numbers you're you know you got to be real careful not to have filler. So you've got this subplot with, I guess she is his assistant and who I'm sorry, while she was a attractive young lady, she was no Shannon Tweed, at least you oh. know, pre-plastic <laughs> yeah. surgery, Shannon Tweed anyway. And, and, and you know, just yeah, what was up with that subplot? Because yeah, it didn't make any sense. Like what? Okay. Kisses her. What? He had, well, the whole story in the beginning, it's built up that he has the secretary and she is super intelligent. She's basically propping him up at certain points when he starts to lose it. She helps him out. But then at one point she comes over to his house because she's concerned. She comes in what appears to be the first time she's ever at his house. I he guess. Says, oh, yeah. yeah she's wow. not, she, I haven't seen it. Yeah. This place? Oh, this is great. She must be very proud. And then she kind of comes behind him and he's he's kind of lost in thought and he's looking off and – and she kind of comes up and – but there was no tension built up up to that Zilch. point. Zilch. And then all of a sudden he kind of leans down and, and they and kiss. And by the way, and by the way, this, this, this whole this, – here's a primo example of a missed opportunity to create suspense. We set up early on that he was obsessed, like obsessive compulsive in certain things. Like remember he picks a little hair off her shirt and she said, oh, you would notice yes. that. And he goes, it's all, it's all about – yeah, he goes, it's all about the details, honey, or something like that. Yeah. So we kind of established that. Then she comes over to his house, right, that one time. Then she leaves. Well, later on, she comes back, and he set these, like, I guess they're rat traps, but they look more like bear-slash-wolverine traps. I mean, they are (laughs) full-on, like, 
open like the Bugs Those Bunny kind. Looking thing. Yes, like yeah. <laughs> like they are gonna break off some. Cra- you get your hand stuck in that or your foot, it's gone. It's kind of finger off. Yeah, it takes your whole hand off. Yeah, it's gone. So, so these are serious traps. So he's got them like laid out on like the stairway. She takes her shoes off when she comes through the door. Why? Oh. So she just takes them off. So that's, you know why? So later on, when she's walking up the stairs, we could cut to a shot of her bare foot, miss the trap by inches. <gasps> she almost stepped on it. Oh my God. Is she going to make it? She could lose a pinky toe. Here's the problem we established she was OCD when they first came into the house. Why did I just have this throwaway moment where she takes a step and goes, oh, you mind? Take your shoes off. You're some kind of little reference to take her shoes off. We don't like to have right. shoes on in the house. Just a little thing. And then right. when she came in later, when she was looking for him, she starts walking in the house and she kind of gets that look at her face like, oh, oh, crap, forgot my shoes. Kicks them off real quick. Okay. Because now no one's going to be thinking so about it. Then it makes fact. sense. And you're not going to be thinking about all the, why the hell did she take her shoes off? Yeah. Who the hell does that? Who walks into somebody's house looking for them and goes, hmm, I'm going to take my shoes off now. Yeah. Yeah, it's and little things like that that annoy the crap out of me because they take very little thought in the screenwriting phase. Do not have them be that stupid or have anybody. Well, nobody on set. Nope. Not one actor thought, why am I taking my shoes off? No, of course not. No. And not only that, you know, uh, the the whole fact that he's supposed to be this, you know, super intelligent executive. And in the beginning, before he really gets, uh, let's say, crazy with this whole thing, when he's just trying to get rid of the rat. And he goes to his super friend and the super friend, the super that, friend, <laughs> his super friend, the Green Lantern or Aquaman <laughs> or whoever the hell is a... <laughs> his super friend. Sli- yes, yeah, slash friend. <laughs> um, he goes to him and he says, oh, well, if the rat traps aren't working. You got to poison them. There's only two kinds of poison. The one kind of poison is, uh, will you... make them thirsty and they'll drink until they explode. And then what was the other kind? Was it a... a um... Was it just a gas or something, or was it? No, no they were both powders. He had two different kinds. Anyway, yeah. so he takes them, and when he oh no, ble- hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging was the other one. Oh, that's right, bleeding all over, and that's when P- Peter Weller or Bart says, "Oh, I don't want to make it a mess." And he goes, "Well, then this one makes them thirsty, and they'll come out and yeah, but don't you get in their way?" Yes, because they'll <laughs> kill you for going out to get a drink out of the you know out of the gutter. So he buys this stuff in bulk, these big <laughs> cans of it for one he, rat. For one what the rat, hell. Like, at this point, he doesn't know that it's one psycho rat. He just thinks he's got rats. And he literally just starts spreading it everywhere. Dude, he thinks he has one rat because he's already had this whole conversation with this wacky ass, his super friend. He's had this wacky ass conversation about the, he, he, he refers to the rat as singular. As if it wouldn't yeah. be a call, like an entire, and that's the other thing. Why one rat? And then, well, wait. There was a family. Well, yes. Now, okay, and, and okay. there's another missed opportunity because here's the other problem we got with this whole movie, dude, starting right from the beginning. Basic storytelling 101, okay? Motivation is everything. Why <laughs> is this guy so obsessed with killing this rat? And why is this rat so obsessed with effing with this guy? Okay, it's very simple. It doesn't have to be over, it doesn't have to be Jaws Revenge where it's like revenge, aha. But at the same time, you want to plant a very simple seed, a reasonable seed in everybody's mind that, okay, under these circumstances, with these certain types of characters, whether they be human or rat, this would be acceptable within this universe, thus suspension of disbelief maintained. The problem is that's never freaking done. For instance, why the hell? Okay, his wife and kid leave. They're gone the whole movie until the very, very last frame of the movie. They're gone. What and is the his... only thing that happens at the last frame of the movie, she's like, 
or home. Oh wait, oh. I, wait, wait I'm simply say that, save that because I wrote, actually wrote down the quote. Oh <laughs> okay. my god. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to that. Yeah, so, but yes, dude, so she, she leaves. leaves. So there's no well, threat to his family at this point. At any point. No. Dillhole no could point. leave, no. go to a, to a hotel, somebody gas his place, and be done with it. Now wait, you. Fr- <laughs> One of the one of the, my favorite scenes of this movie, other than Shannon tweeted at the very beginning, uh, <laughs> was when <clears throat> he poisons his entire house, and then he, I guess, goes to sleep in his bed with the mirror wall because that's yes. what he did in the, is when you were married to Shannon Tweed is you had a mirror wall because oh yeah did I ever tell you about the oh. mirrored ceiling in the house where my dad and I lived? I'll tell you about that later. Go ahead. Whoa, no. Good okay. story. Good story. Yeah. Not for me and my so, dad, by the way. Just so we're clear on that, it is the South, but no. Not that deep. <laughs> That's what she said. No, he basically falls asleep after he had poisoned everything in the house. Yes. And he kind of lays down in his bed, covers up, falls asleep. And then the next scene is a Mental birthday. Boy, his son, like, no, 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 no. I'm in the kitchen because. Oh, that's right. He's be- making it. He's turning to yeah, like make love to his wife or whatever, right? Well, in the beginning, of the very, very beginning of the movie, yeah. um, when Shannon tweets in the shower and stuff and Peter Weller's packing his suitcase, the son is downstairs like throwing spoonful after spoonful of sugar yes. into bowls of cereal. Yeah, and throwing he's cereal like nine every- years old, isn't he, or eight or something? I mean, he's old enough to not do that stupid crap. No, he's, he was acting like he's three because he's throwing cereal over the floor and throwing it into the bowls and put spoon after spoon of sugar. Well, then, of course, they leave. And at this point in the movie, when he's put the poison around, this shot, basically, it's the same setup. He's at the same counter in the kitchen. <laughs> and he <laughs> it's almost like he pours himself a bowl of milk and he starts dumping in just spoonfuls of this rat poison and sugar. And they show a close up of the rat poison and he puts big spoonfuls of it and he stirs it up. And it's all one continuous shot, because by the time he stirs it and he actually starts drinking it. I mean, I, I felt a, a bit of a twinge there at that moment because I was like, oh, my God, is he really going to die? Are they going to take be honest this with you? dark place? Can I be honest with you? The movie would have been better. That's what I thought because at that they point. They would have I given thought, him some motivation to want to kill that damn rat. But no. And then he wakes up. Oh, it's a bad dream. His son is still safely at the tennis courts with his mother. I mean, I guess you could argue that, oh, all the exposure to the poison caused his mind to devolve. It wasn't gas. It was white powder which leads me to something else maybe that was his problem too much white powder he was, he was he an was executive snorting, he was snorting he was snorting rat poison it was the 80s it was the 80s no. yeah but, but here's the other thing so he his motivation is pretty much out the window because uh, yeah. if you really watch okay so it escalates to such a point where his house is being destroyed by this thing but to be fair he escalated it himself like all he had it's a freaking rat now here's the other problem had they gone with that thread of the hint of it being some kind of mutant nuclear-produced genetic freak rat, that there was something different about it. Okay, other like than going back to the arachnophobia. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the arachnophobia argument of what? Yes. How did that movie start out? You had the South American jungle. You saw the giant killer spider get away, yep. get in their belongings and get shipped back to the states. So that's how it got there, and that explains everything that happens afterwards to some degree. Yeah, this movie, if this no. movie had had that little prologue or if it had had something to hint at that, it would have made more sense. Oh, so this is a special nuclear rat, whatever. <laughs> and but at least but you know, we would have accepted that going into the movie. Now, had they gone yeah. through, a you know, thrown in a bunch of other weirdness, then we probably wouldn't. You know, our suspension of disbelief would have been a little more fragile at that point, a little more fragile. <laughs> but it, we would have at least accepted the 
the conceit. Okay, this is a, a super duper mutant, highly intelligent creature that's going to be out for this guy. And then what you do is the whole him killing its oh, Chris accidentally killing its babies or finding the babies in the basement. That scene happens almost like forty minutes into the freaking movie. Why didn't that? Why was that like one of the opening scenes? Why didn't that start the thing? Yeah, off? exactly. Because then. It makes sense. Now he wouldn't get attacked. Like he finds him, maybe something startles him, and he oh, and he sh- and they fall and they die. Okay, <laughs> and the rat sees it. Now if you're going to go the creature feature route, though, that yeah. with the, oh, okay, that's why the rat wants to kill his ass. And then a little later on, something happens to where maybe you know because his wife and his kid are there, you know, as potential victims of said rat, and thus his motivation. And maybe oh, here's a thought too. Maybe his wife or his child are an invalid. Maybe they can't leave the house. Maybe they're <laughs> stuck there like Cujo style, like they can't get out of the freaking something. Which- which leads me to my next beef with this. I actually counted very carefully. Yes. It was a full-on one hour before he encounters this rat. Like one-on-one, like where it's not just hearing the noises and whatnot? Um, it's not just hearing it. It's not just finding his bills shredded on the table. Not him just finding his feather pillows <sighs> torn apart in the closet. Would any because of that I'm... send you into a rage? Seriously, dude? <laughs> That's what I was thinking because, of, of course, the whole thing was supposed to be that he's working on this massive project that is just billion they didn't, dollars. They didn't sell that well. Like you didn't get – you never got no. the sense like this guy's life or job or anything was in jeopardy. Nothing was at stake for him, and that was the fucking problem. Oops. So he, and he at sat- 4120, I will add the beep. Uh, add it. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> no, but he's, he's on his bed going through all of his papers, which – First of all, if you look at those when he looks at them, there are these graphs that have like three points on them. So oh, they're not complicated. Well, after uh, meeting his son, I'm not that shocked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so he's got all of his important work papers on the bed. Yes. And as he walks around the house, when he comes back, of course, they are rat eaten. They're shredded. And that's it. But even up to that point, there's just. Oh, wait, rat no, no, dude. No, wait, wait, we forgot to. He kills his cat. Oh, wait, you mean the stray that you brought in and after being attacked by this thing and seeing it was like, at the time the size of, like, I don't know, a shih tzu or a schnauzer? The, oh, you mean the cat, the little stray? You're like, hey, I got a job for you, kitty. <laughs> yeah, but it was a full one hour before he actually encounters this rat. Yeah, this and movie is an hour and 40 minutes. Would build, encounters it in a way that would build suspense like, oh my God, it's the whale versus Ishmael versus the yeah, Captain Ahab. Yeah, like no, if, you had taken, it, if you had taken that analogy and played it consistently throughout the whole movie, it would right. have worked. They didn't yeah. do that. And, one of the, and the only scene that they showed... The rat and him at the same time that I thought built any kind of suspense, other than it was a hairy dummy on his back, was when he was laying in bed and you kind of saw something move under the sheets. It's like you could see it move under the sheets Yes, he was sleeping. Yes. I, I, why they didn't do more of that to build the suspense that there's this gigantic thing sneaking around to get him, I didn't get And that's the other thing, dude. How, how that... How the hell was this guy comfortable at, at first? I know eventually he sleeps in like a hammock. I'm kind of confused as to what good <laughs> that would do. Yeah, because rats can't climb ropes. No, onto ships. Well, it's it's not mm-hmm. a snake, jackass. <laughs> oh no! But don't forget the way the rat gets to him. Oh yeah, he it eats the ceiling. Yeah, with like in like really fast, like really fast time. I mean, what is it like? 
30 seconds and chews through his ceiling. Oh, he like breaks pieces off. It's not like he actually chews a hole. He like kind of and breaks I go back to we if we had established this as, you know, Nuko rat or Nukem rat, I can ex- <laughs> you know, I can accept that. Maybe the rat was a super friend. Okay. <laughs> and maybe it was. And maybe if we had established that. Uh, yeah, there was no setup for what and, the rat was. And let me add this, Kevin. So anybody out big... there who's thinking, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think I'm cutting you off via Skype. <laughs> no, that's all right. I was just going to say, uh, building it up other than he was just a big New York sewer rat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. that was but, it. Yeah, that was it. And then there's, there's no reason to ex- accept that it has some kind of higher intelligence to where it would want to you know, be out for this guy. Any yep. of that crap. But I think the other... Hold on, I'm going to cough again. <coughs> God, all this ranting is... Actually, it's kind of cathartic. It's rather nice. <laughs> it makes the phlegm flow. <laughs> you know the best part is? I completely lost my train of thought. That's good. Uh, so I did want to ask you a question on this because, you know, I saw this movie and I thought, oh. but then, you know, it doesn't completely surprise me. Well, I love Peter Weller in RoboCop. I didn't find him to be an incredibly wide-ranged actor i mean he he plays certain roles well but he wasn't much different in this than he was in in most of the other i think roles. the problem is he's very he has a stoic seriousness to him and what I mean, isn't in real life does he have like either a phd or a master's degree in like history i mean he's an extremely intelligent guy uh, yes abs- i'm sure he is you know, and, but, incredibly but intelligent. this but role his range was, yeah his range visually even when he gets like sad or when he goes ah it looks the same as when he's robocop with his helmet off and he goes ah i mean (laughs) there's not a lot of depth to that no i'm not knocking him as a person or anything but just in this movie it just didn't seem like he had the he didn't pull off you know what would have worked you know what it would have worked is somebody like and i know at the first people gonna be like what but like jack lemon somebody who if you watch jack lemon in like um the out-of-towners Yeah, early Jack Lemmon. Yeah, stuff. early. Yeah, it's like, and, and and you know, he could play serious roles as well. So, um, you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, obviously an example of a more serious role. But you know, Ooh, he, you know, Marlon Brando. Ah, uh, see, no, he's too. He would not now. And Stella, kind yeah, of no, no. I would no. It needs to be an everyman. That's the other problem. Is that I don't know that Peter mm-hmm. Weller. Peter Weller's not like a big guy or anything, but it needed to be. Oh, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus would have been. Perfect. No, because think about it. Yes, Richard absolutely. Dre- Just Richard Dreyfus. Like- is- yes, okay. Yes. Le- lately, you know, in his later part of his career, a lot of comedies. He played a lot of serious. Look at Close Encounters. There's a guy who's say, obsessed. That's perfect. Close Encounters. The way he was obsessed with the mountain. Oh my god. And getting he would have been. The- I yes. could have totally seen. And then, and here's the beauty of it. The more humorous side of that. Of that, you should have played up the idea of him getting, you know, dressed up and turning his house into like this death trap. You could have really. It had so <laughs> yes. much potential as a, as a. He ties a tie around his head like a bandana, you know? Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it could have been a very dark, dark, dark yeah. comedy. And I think if the director had approached it more, I mean, even Toby Hooper with Texas Chainsaw Massacre has always said to him it was a comedy. Like, he approached yeah. it as a dark comedy. And so I think that in a weird way that offsets the uh, like the, uh, the tone of it in a way. Yeah. So I think with this, it was so almost like self-serious and, oh, it's about obsession. And I go back to, I don't mind that. I would have had no if, problem if it was a character piece or this kind of avant-garde weird. To do that. Bingo. And they didn't. And they didn't. No. And the sad thing is, I mean, the like you said, the idea is really good. And the idea actually has potential. And so you kind of hope it would lead to that, but it doesn't. So Nay, it doesn't, my friend. No. And I did want to ask you this. Go for it. What do you, have you looked up, if you have, you know, that's uh, fine, but. You. Yeah. Do you know what the budget is for this movie? 
I'm going to guess because I scrolled through IMDb, though I wasn't really paying that close attention to it. I'm going to guess 14 million. 14 million? Yes. Wow. No, it was four. Oh, okay. I, was, I had million. four, right? <laughs> okay. You're good. Uh, do you want to guess what its box office returns have been? It's lifetime gross, so this is not. Oh no! And my my guess is if they're talking about box office, they're not including DVD or video or anything. No, of no, stuff. it's lifetime probably, gross. They no, probably did it's better lifetime on video. gross of everything. Total lifetime gross. Two point eight. <sighs> not even twenty five percent. It was one million. It was actually Ooh, exactly ouch. 20%. one million dollars lifetime gross. Ouch. Yeah. So. Didn't really pull it off. Yeah, that understandably, uh, because like Doofus is, they tried to sell it as a scary creature feature. And in fact, it was somewhat made like this kind of character sketch obsession, crazy guy movie, but yet it wasn't. No, and it opened up against Christine, Scarface, Terms of Endearment. Although, it did open up against Yentl, so... Mm. What was the scariest movie that opened up that weekend is the real question. Yeah. <laughs> Terms of endearment. Yeah, really. Yeah, why, well, Yentl? For the love of God. All right, Jay, you ready for a little movie pick action? Oh, uh, please. Let's get to it. Sounds like the guy from Family Guy. <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris. We like I like come. those shorts I you're like, wearing. I like those shorts you're wearing, Chris. I can't do the whistle. Hi, hi Chris. We like to come over and play Pinochle. <laughs> you do that way too well. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> practice makes perfect, my friend. Uh-uh. Gosh, so, so many ways we could go with this movie because there were so many huge names in it. <clears throat> and uh, Is that sarcasm? Yeah. I couldn't no. quite tell. Okay. No. No. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. There were, you know, Peter Weller, so that one's an easy target. But uh, So I went last last time, so I would like for you to go first this time, my friend. I would like to go last last time as well. <laughs> My choice was from 1991, and actually I was wrong when I told you 90 earlier, but that's not because I changed it, it's because I had the year wrong. Uh, 1991, guess... Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch? Yes, starring Peter <laughs> Weller, so I took the uh, low-hanging fruit on that one, the easy one. Oh, yeah. It was directed by David Cronenberg. It is based on a novel of the same name by William S. Burroughs. So, uh, if anybody out there has seen Crash and know not the godforsaken, oh, see this movie, racism's wrong. No kidding. (laughs) Thanks, Paul Haggis. (laughs) I'm such a jackhole. I didn't know till I saw your pretentious three-hour-long piece of crap. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Where'd that come from? That was just just angry, wasn't it? It was. I'm sorry, folks. That's okay, because I know how you feel about that movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, if you like Crash, I'm sorry for you, but seriously, it was so condescending, so preachy. Really? What? Oh my gosh, that's bad. Oh, I didn't even know. I mean, I saw Soul Man the other week and I thought, 
You know, that's the movie we're probably going to That was good. Yeah, I thought that. I mean, it, it told me that racism was bad in a totally different way by being horribly racist. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but no, the, the crash starring James Spader and Holly Hunter, where people um, get turned on by car accidents and stage real car accidents to look like famous car accidents and then have sex during them. Ah, yes. Yeah. That was another one <clears throat> that those two did together. Um, <laughs> I, but uh, <laughs> Naked Lunch, I actually, again, another one of my, I call it the Specs days because we had a Specs at the Winter Haven Mall near where I lived, where I was in high school, and they had Dollar Wednesdays, 99 Cent Wednesdays, buddy, and woohoo, did I go to town. <laughs> and then I'd come out from behind the store in the alleyway and I'd go inside after going to town on something. And I would. <laughs> I would rent movies like Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch. Starring Peter Weller, <laughs> Judy Davis, Ian Holm. So it's got a great cast. Julianne mm-hmm. Sands, uh, Roy Scheider's in it. It, um, in a word, is weird. However, this is an example of had <laughs> of unknown origin gone down this road. Okay. It would have uh, made sense is probably the wrong turn of phrase because it wouldn't have. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> However, at least would have been entertaining and weird in a good way. So yeah. in a nutshell, and really there is no nutshell possibly big enough to explain this movie other than the movie has only elements to do with the book because, in fact, within the movie, the book is kind of being written and Peter Willer's character is a uh, exterminator, you know, uh, bug pest control guy yeah, yeah. and he believes his wife is stealing his pesticide to use for recreational purposes <laughs> so he's if i recall hired by a giant bug to kill her that's his mission <laughs> and then he ends up doing it and going to something called like the interzone where typewriters talk to him as he's it's it's bizarre. On so, it's so weird. It's it is like one big LSD trip, but it's really it's really well done as far as the effects go. And, him is in Bizarro World. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's it's very it's very entertaining. And actually, this is my kind of flick. I like weird. So um, yeah. I, I, but it had again of unknown origin gone down this road, it would have been great. But it didn't. So. If it had been a giant cockroach. And I would like to say I picked one that was rated R for not only heavy drug content, but bizarre eroticism <laughs> and language <laughs> yeah that's my favorite because... yeah although this wait wait this one apparently peter weller is on has a record we have to do like a tally of this box office the budget of this one was 16 million it grossed 2.5 oh i bet you leviathan <laughs> i bet you leviathan's up in that range yeah too. it's 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 got to be close <laughs> to that that low percentage but <laughs> yep wow yep is that wasn't there a list recently? Uh, and there are more contemporary actors and actresses of like the most overrated, and the way that they calculated it was box office. Oh, how much they, and how, versus how much they get paid versus for their salary? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think if they did that all time, well, I don't know what he got paid for oh, those. Oh no, but, I'm sure Peter Weller wouldn't be on the all time because I don't think he gets paid nearly as much as like. A, yeah, probably not. Um, no, Leviathan actually tripled its. Um, well, no, wait. That's its uh, let's see, box office. It's made fifteen million. How much did it cost? Uh, doesn't give. Really? Hmm. Doesn't give its budget. It's a conspiracy. Yeah, so, Jay, what's your pick? Okay, so I didn't go with one of the actors or director. Um, I did love some of the stuff that 
because Modest is done, and I like Peter Weller and some things. Because um, he does do some kind of off the wall type. Oh yeah, movies. I mean, oh like yeah, Naked well, like yeah, well, Naked Luncheon, of course, makes Buckaroo Banzai look like mainstream theater. Yes, it does. Yeah, I love love Buckaroo Banzai. It's on the list. I, I used to. So uh, we'll see how I feel about it again. But I decided not to go with those. I actually looked up uh, Shannon Tweed and I thought, mm, we're not explicit content, so I probably shouldn't go with <laughs> movies. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say you looked up Shannon Tweed, and when you were done with Google Image Search. Yeah, you I, went over I watched to the four of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I watched four of her movies, and uh, I didn't think it was appropriate for the show. Uh, I, I vetted them. I, I watched them very carefully, two or three times. Um, well, dude, no. In fast forward and then <laughs> getting to certain scenes and then pausing, that doesn't count. God love the interwebs. Um, no, I actually went with the rodent theme because one of the things I thought about is that there are a lot – of good movies out there that have kind of portrayed this fear of rats, fear of rodents. Um, there was a movie that came out in the early 80s. I want to say it was like 82, 83. I didn't look it up, but I remember it called just Straight Up Rats. Uh, you know, I know that there is a book by James Herbert called Rats. I don't now, know if they made it. There was a movie I remember watching, in, okay. and it was early 80s that it came out, but it was it was more of the rats are the evil like creature feature kind of thing coming after people. And it had more of those campy kind of um, uh, rubbery rats that attack people. And it was, it went down more of the creature feature road than of course of unknown origin did. And that got me to thinking there are actually many, many more examples of rodent creature features that get even campier. So I went with the absolute campiest and one of my favorite cheesy creature features of all time the worst rodent movie you will ever see, which means it's one of the best, Killer Shrews. <laughs> <laughs> From 1959. Now, I brought this up for a reason. Number one, because I you like this no movie taste. for how bad it is. It is probably one of the worst um, effects movies you've ever seen because it's basically the story of James Best, who was Bosco Pico Train from <laughs> The Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> He plays uh, a guy on a boat, and uh, he and a small group of people basically shipwreck um, on this little island that's been experimenting and has accidentally created these giant shrews. And they build up the fact that a shrew, a real-life one, is one of the most ferocious animals in the animal kingdom because it can kill creatures three times its size. But now, guess what? They've accidentally blown them up to the size of Doberman pincers. The problem is the creatures in this movie... I think are actually Doberman pinchers that have dreadlocks on them. <laughs> it is the worst looking creature you will ever see in your life. I guarantee it. But I, the I, better I've seen part enough of that, of that movie to know that you are 100% correct. <laughs> it is. It's a fun kind of campy ride. I mean, you don't take it seriously. But one of the reasons I brought it up is that they are actually creating a sequel. Nice. And not only is James Best going to be in it, so is John Schneider. Yes, folks, Dukes of Hazzard reunion, Return of the Killer Shrews. Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. That is actually almost too awesome for this universe. (laughs) That may be what, what is it? Wait, wait, wait. What's its release date? It's not December 21st, 2012, is it? No. Okay. Just checking. (laughs) Oh, if only this would be the Mayan signal for the end of the end of the world. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but it is actually a very kind of classic creature feature from the 50s that uh, is cheesy, sort of like Attack of the Giant Gila Monster or Night of the Lepus yeah. and uh, some of those other deep fried cheese. But if if of unknown origin had gone down the path of making it just about the creatures, I think it would have been a, a more fun, oh, enjoyable yeah. movie because you don't take those seriously. That's why I like those cheesy flicks is that they're they're not trying to make them – originally or genuinely scary you, you kind of know when you see this yes. puppet head with fangs coming at you and they're like, certainly harder to pull off uh not the creature feature type but the, the more like if they'd gone the obsessive characters it's, it's harder to pull that off and have it um it, it certainly wouldn't work for everyone and i really do appreciate that kind of movie so yes. either one would have been fine no most definitely yeah. and i will say without a doubt it is much much harder to make that psychological and have it work i think it, yes. could, it could become very boring and repetitive yes. and if you're not careful but i think you could and, and honestly i'm all for when you do that do the naked lunch route man go the yeah. wacky like just, yeah have him having hallucinations yeah. and the whole nine yards the rat starts talking to him you know the rat you know comes in with you know shannon tweet's body with nothing on <laughs> you know creepy stuff Whatever. That would have been a great dream sequence. Yes. Shannon Tweed's body, and then she turns around and he says, what? What's the matter, Bart? Would you like some cheese <laughs> with that wine? <laughs> Aren't you happy to see oh, sorry, me? Oh, sorry, wait, she would have gone, would you like some cheese with that wine? Yeah, the sound effects were weird. Yes, they were. So, Jay. <laughs> so, Killer Shrews, 1959. Killer Shrews, 1959, and I picked Naked Lunch, 1991. <laughs> Let's hit a promo, and then some... Feedback. You got questions? JV Mail's got answers. JV Mail. 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 Wednesdays, 8, 7, 10. And that was it for the feedback because we have none. Wait, what was this? What was this website again? I don't remember. I think it's J. Jiff Mail. Jiff Mail. Jiff Mail. Jiff Mail. No. Of course, JV Mail would actually be, it's J-A-Y-V Mail, right? Yes. Or is it, or is it J-V? The letter no, J. that would be JIV Mail. Yeah, right, He's not JIV Mail. Oh, that's right. True. <laughs> yes, and I would like to add an extra plug there because I love JV Mail. And God, they're... you're such a suck-up. <laughs> I am, but it's a funny podcast. It's, it's one of the few that I listen yes, to. Yes, it is. It's very funny, and I so. actually have listened to it too, JV. Jason's not the only one who likes you. Yes, I am. Yeah, actually, well, kind of. I don't like anybody, though. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, so, yeah, seriously, I guess this movie was really popular because nobody called it. <laughs> I have a feeling, I have a feeling those of you that really don't like feedback on our show are going to love this year. <laughs> Good episode! Because, wait, because some of the movies we picked, people are going to be like, we've already had several people, like, on Twitter, like our buddy Ben. <laughs> he, he was like, um, I've not heard what? of any of the movies that you're doing in january i have my homework cut out for me and i was like ben whoa yes, you wait do. a second ben has not heard of the last dragon i don't think that's as mainstream popular with people that are like un- i mean i don't know how old ben is but i would say anybody that's under 30 ish would probably maybe be hard pr- I, i'm not saying no one knows about it that's under 30 but i don't think it's as popular as like for instance eventually we're doing weird science so i'm just gonna let the cat out of the bag i think a lot of, even though that's probably not john hughes's biggest movie I think a lot of people know of that movie. Oh yeah, that's got to be a that's a huge. But you put it in perspective, that's probably one of the bigger movies we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, The Last Dragon has it's more of a cult following, I guess, than a you know mainstream giant. Um, No big big names in it, but I think just for its 
Uh, I'll just save it for the episode. <laughs> okay. okay. It's awesome. <laughs> At least it was when I watched it last. So. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, I've only seen bits of it. I've never seen it, it in its entirety unless I have, and I just don't remember, which probably doesn't bode well. No. But the other thing we're trying to do, and I think we mentioned this once before at least, is that uh, we're trying to balance out movies that you haven't seen as well. Yes. Um, because we want to get some brand new experiences for you from the 80s because yes. um, you are a little more well-versed. But I want to try and get into some of the martial arts or sci-fi or some of the, the uh, movies that you may not have seen as much during that time frame. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other problem I have jump. is that honestly a lot of these movies, that I, if I haven't seen them, I still – I'm familiar with them and or have seen enough like bits of them or like I'd catch like 20 minutes in HBO kind of thing. Like I may not have watched it from beginning to end. So I I wish there was several of them that I'm going into with certain baggage expectations yeah. kind of thing. So we'll see how they play out. Yeah. It's kind of like the Die Hard thing with me. I've seen bits yeah, and clips yeah, just of it, enough never of it. the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Good yeah, stuff, man. Good. So uh, any um, any final words? We'll go ahead and uh, jump right into uh, our thank yous and contact stuff real quick. Oh, gosh, yeah, just please, whatever you do, throw down as much rat poison in your kitchen as possible, especially if you have young children who are mentally handicapped and Apparently. can't seem to God. pour cereal in the bowl. Well, so. well maybe it was because he fed him rat poison. That might have been yeah, That would have been a better movie. Possibly, possibly. So, yes, of course, we <laughs> want to say thank you to Kevin Spencers at inkspatters.com. You can also check out his Facebook page at The Art of Kevin Spencer. God, egocentric. Yes, he <laughs> is the fantastic artist that gives us our show note art that you're seeing. And, and I would like to add the best freaking Christmas present I have ever received from my loving wife. Oh, yeah, that's very cool. Commission from him. Uh, he drew and uh, did watercolor picture of me with my two favorite Muppet characters, uh, Bunsen and Beaker. And it is unbelievable. Believable. So really I'll post cool. it up on our Facebook page, uh, the Forgotten Flicks Facebook page. You can check it out there, but it was just it was very unbelievably cool. good. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes, yeah. and of course he did the banner that's on the uh, web page as well. And yep, eventually he and I will get together and discuss other things about the site. That we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and we one also, day. yes, one day we'll see how that goes. And <laughs> we also would like to thank JV, our boy JV, always gives us the spoiler alerts. So we thank him for that as well, jvmail.com, in case you missed that in the promo. <laughs> and Jay, would you like to hit him with the contact info, the feedback number, as it yes. were? Yes. Please give us a call. You've got some good movies coming up. Check us out on the website. You can see our uh, updates that tell you what, what movies are coming up in the next week. Uh, and you can give us a call, watch the movie on Netflix, and call our feedback line at 206 203 0491 and we know for a fact it works from Scandinavia why we haven't had a call from there in a couple of weeks I God, don't know no. but we know that the number works so just checking do you think the, uh, and, do, you, wait, do you think the Peter got so small that it shriveled up like a frightened turtle I think it's winter now and, and yeah. that would, I, oh their phone lines are probably all down oh that's right I'll I tell think you what, everybody dude. in well, Sweden just, digs into the snow banks and just is it, is it like that South Park episode where they all get snowed in and 48 minutes later the America's Most Wanted crew turns to cannibalism? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll be honest with you, Peter. We feel your pain, buddy. We are in Florida, and it is chilly oh. tonight. It is. You've like, had a cold snap? Like you it was like 50. What was it a high day, like 55? Oh, my God. It got down to 39 tonight. Oh, yeah, seriously. 
And for oh. us, seriously, my hands are like all cracked and bleeding. It's disgusting. I'm going to start burning furniture in my living room it's soon. Really it's really bad. He may turn to cannibalism, too. I think he's going to come across the pond. Uh, uh, auto, auto cannibalism. <laughs> He'll just eat himself. Woo. Creepy no, picture. He's, he's no, he's coming across. You. The... I was talking about you, dude. You'll, you'll turn to auto cannibalism. Cause you... As if. <laughs> I wish. Whoa, what? What? Huh? Yes. So, uh, <laughs> Jason. Did you do the phone back? Phone I number? did the feedback line. Your time to tell him where to find. Oh yes, the I, I really we went so down a rabbit trail on that one. I, I would have been, wow, that was great. So yeah, go to forgottenflicks.com. That is the website. You can subscribe to get notifications. We've got the movies that are going to be upcoming this month in the sidebar there. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can check us out on Twitter. I am Forgotten Flicks. Jason is Flicks Sidekick. We're on Facebook at the. Forgotten Flicks is our page, is our official page, and we have the Forgotten Flicks podcast group page as well. If you'd like to join that, we're always a fun and uh, lively conversation is taking place. And let's see, LinkedIn, no Google Plus, uh-huh. yeah, I'm on Google Plus now. Um, oh, check us out on iTunes. Oh, Get Glue, um, I'm on Get Glue as well. Oh yeah, yep. what? <laughs> Cloud? iTunes, Cloud, I'm on Cloud. Yep. Well, it's good. <laughs> iTunes and uh, leave us a review, but um, please uh, only fives. So if you have nothing nice to say, then go to Zune. But um, yeah, check us out on iTunes. And um... <laughs> I submitted to Zune three times, and it's for some reason it's not taking it. It's driving me crazy. It's you did something to really piss off those. Are, those you of know you what? that I know Zune, I bet Bill Gates is friends with George. Probably, and I think this whole is. thing is a conspiracy. It probably is. You hate the prequels. Bill's shutting you out. You might be right. Mm, I, yeah, so I on that I note, am. Jay, I really think there's nothing else to say. <laughs> you never said anything about rubber gloves. You boneheaded fart. <laughs> <laughs>